Welcome to the Calvary St. George's Sermon Podcast, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ and Him crucified. These podcasts are recorded and produced by the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. For more information, head to calvarystgeorges.org. Well, let me begin uh, by asking you a very direct question. If I were God and could grant you anything you wished this morning, what would that be right now? What would you most like right at this moment? Well, I want to tell you about another time in which that exact same question was asked. And it concerns a journalist named Marguerite Higgins. And Marguerite Higgins won a Pulitzer Prize for her coverage of the Korean War. And at one point, she writes about uh, meeting some Marines. Let me uh, read for you exactly what she wrote. Just back from the fighting line, some of the Marines are taking their breakfast. With trench knives, they consume cold baked beans straight from the tin. The temperature is 10 degrees below zero. A group of war correspondents surround a Marine sergeant whose clothes are frozen stiff and whose beard is encrusted with ice and mud. One of the reporters asks him, if I were God, and could grant you anything you wished, what would you most like? Without hesitation, the Marine replies, give me tomorrow. Give me tomorrow. Think of all the places right at this moment, all around our world, where that same cry is being echoed. Give me tomorrow. I can hear that cry this morning from the Holy Land and especially from all of the children, Jewish and Arab and Palestinian alike. I can hear that cry this morning, give me tomorrow, from Syria, especially from the parents of the 9,000 children who have been killed in the last four years. Give me tomorrow. I can hear that cry this morning from the 800,000 government uh, workers who thankfully at the moment uh, are back at work but for whom that cry may still be echoing in their spirits. I can hear that cry this morning from the emergency room just over in Bellevue, over there. Give me tomorrow. I can hear that cry this morning from that stretch of 31st Street between 6th and 7th Avenue where so many homeless men and women sleep on the sidewalks every night. I can hear that cry this morning from our guests Uh, at the open table. And I think I can dare to take the risk of saying that somewhere inside each one of us this morning who just walked through that doors and who processed down the aisle, clergy, choir, and all of you, that somewhere inside each one of us this morning, that cry echoes as well. You and I are not in Korea, but there are lots of other battlefields. Give me a tomorrow, dear God, where my cancer is healed. Give me a tomorrow, dear God, where I'm not alone. And on and on and on. And all of this is a setup for hearing the still small voice of God in the gospel passage that Ben just read for us. In this passage, we are in Nazareth, the town where Jesus grew up and where he's now about 30 years old. 
and it is the Sabbath, and we're in the synagogue, and Jesus has come to the service. It's Joseph and Mary's boy, and we understand that he's had some sort of a religious experience. We're eager to hear about it. So Jesus walks up to the lectern. Someone hands him a Bible that's open to the book of Isaiah. And Jesus reads these words. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free. So Jesus finishes the reading, and the people of Nazareth there in the synagogue, they're saying to themselves, what a wonderful lesson. Jesus has just described exactly the kind of tomorrow that we're crying out for, because our today is filled with slavery to the Roman Empire, with being in exile, with waiting endlessly for the Messiah to show up to finally answer our prayers. We can't wait for a new tomorrow when everything that Jesus has just read about will finally come true. So Jesus closes the book, he hands it to an acolyte, and he sits down, and there's a long silence. And then in a quiet, clear voice, Jesus proceeds to preach the first Christian sermon ever. And it's the shortest sermon in recorded history. He says to the congregation, today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Amen. End of sermon. That's it. I give you tomorrow, says Jesus, at this exact moment, in me. I wish that you and I could connect with the shepherds who were there for that um, first Christmas Eve in Bethlehem. And there's a reason why I say that concerning what we're talking about right now. Garrison Keillor has written a little piece where he reimagines that first Christmas Eve, and I just want to read a little bit of it to you. He says, the shepherds found the stable, and they walked in, and instantly they all believed. They knew it was all true what the angels had said, and they tiptoed out of there after worshiping the child, and they were never the same again. And then, after Joseph and Mary and Jesus had left Bethlehem, the stable was empty, and outside on the street there was a crowd of people who had come to see the baby, but he had gone. If they were to find this child, they would have to find him elsewhere or in some other way. And then Garrison Keillor writes, The shepherds were the lucky ones because they saw it all. They were there. It all happened to them. It didn't have to be told to them by someone else. They didn't have to sit down and study it and figure it out. It was just given to them as a gift. So you see, the cries of those shepherds for a new tomorrow were met that night in the stable. And then 30 years after that incident, in today's gospel, for the people in the synagogue, their cries for a new tomorrow were also met, met by the one who was right in front of them and who said to them that day, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. 
And that's the news that you and I have this morning to literally shout from the rooftops. It's the news that you and I also are invited to know that our cries that we brought with us in the doors this morning for a new tomorrow are being addressed. And it's not because we have to sit down and study it or figure it out. It is because Jesus is right here, just as really and just as truly as he was in the stable and as he was in that synagogue. Furthermore, it's a gift that's given to us right in the very worst that Mother Nature and our human nature can dish out. It's given in the very midst of bombs and bullets in the Holy Land and in Syria, and in the very midst of the cries of our own hearts. Because the Son of God chose to go to the cross for you and me, and then to conquer death itself, it means that the crucified and risen Lord Jesus is hearing every cry for a new tomorrow that's echoing in this church right at this moment. When Jesus says, today, this scripture's been fulfilled in your hearing, he is referring to January 27, 2019. Jesus is saying to you and me this morning, I am here to connect with you this morning, to forgive you, to love you, to call you my own. A friend of mine calls this one-way love, the love of the God who takes the initiative to come to us when we're stuck and aching for a new tomorrow. That's why I want to close this sermon with Tony and Charles. Now, all of us have met Tony before in these sermons. His name is Tony Campolo. He's a wonderful Christian professor and author. And Tony tells the story of a time in which he was invited to preach at a Pentecostal college. And during the service, eight students took Tony out of the main sanctuary into a small chapel to pray for him before the sermon. And they laid their hands on his head and they started to pray, which was good, except, says Tony, they prayed for a long time. And the longer they prayed, the more they pressed down really hard on his head. One guy wasn't even praying for Tony. Instead, he went on and on about some guy named Charles. Charles Stolfuz. Dear Lord, the guy was praying, you know Charles Stolfuz. He lives in that silver trailer down the road about a mile. You know the trailer, Lord. It's on the right-hand side. And Tony felt like interrupting the guy who was praying to tell him that God already knew exactly where Charlie Cholfuz lived and didn't need directions. But Tony kept on kneeling, and he tried to keep his head from being completely mashed down. And the guy who was praying just kept going. Lord, Charlie told me this morning that he's decided to leave his wife and three kids. Lord, step in, do something, bring that family back together again. By the way, this is a true story. I heard Tony tell it himself. Finally, um, these eight guys stopped praying, and Tony got into the pulpit, and he preached his sermon. And after the service, he got into his car and headed for the Pennsylvania Turnpike. And as he was approaching the entrance ramp, he saw a hitchhiker, and he pulled over to pick him up. And they drove for a few minutes, and then Tony said, Hi, my name's uh, Tony Campolo. What's yours? 
And the man said, my name's Charlie Stolfuzz. Well, an exit ramp was coming up, and Tony took it. And that made the man a little nervous. He said, where are you taking me? And Tony said, I'm taking you home. And the guy narrowed his eyes, and he said, why? And Tony said, because you just left your wife and three children. And there was shock on the guy's face, and he plastered his body against the car door and didn't take his eyes off Tony. And finally, the car pulled up right in front of that silver trailer. And the guy said, how did you know where I live? And Tony said, God told me. <laughs> so as they got out of the car, the trailer door opened, and the man's wife cried out, you're back, you're back. The two embraced, Charlie whispered in his wife's ear, and the more he whispered, the bigger his wife's eyes got. And then Tony said, you two sit down. I'm going to talk, and you two are going to listen. And that day, for that marriage, the aching for a new tomorrow became today, as the forgiveness and the love and the peace and the hope of the Lord Jesus flooded into that silver trailer. Today, Charlie Solfos is a pastor in California, and he and his wife have a wonderful marriage. So I don't know what cries for a new tomorrow you brought with you when you came through the door this morning. What I know is that the one-way love that crashed into Charlie's life is right here. The one who was in that synagogue in Nazareth and in that silver trailer is right here, right now. Amen. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast, produced and recorded at the parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. If you feel led to support the continuing ministry of the parish, you can make an online donation at calvarystgeorges.org slash giving. Thank you.